0: Welcome to episode 52 of the Web 2.0 show. I'm your host, Josh Owens.
1: And this is Adam Stachowiak. I think we all know what the Web 2.0 show covers. We cover a podcast about the new web. Indeed. Who's <laughs> <laughs> this is show about, Josh?
0: Uh, this one is about Zumo Drive. Zumo. Yes, with uh, David. He's the CEO um, we, we we actually were just starting to use Drive when we interviewed him about a week ago. Um, but some of the issues we talked about in the podcast, particularly the Photoshop uh, issue with PSD files and saving and corrupting, uh, ultimately became too much for us to, to use it in a business capacity uh, to share files. So... We ended up switching back to Dropbox. We still think it's a great product, um, but uh, at least for Photoshop, it it was not usable. It corrupted, I think, one of your files and one of our other designers' files, and it was just not good. We lost some work.
1: And we all know as designers, you could spend all day in a Photoshop file, and it would really suck to the next time you open it for it to either say it's corrupt or that you have to flatten it in order to, to view it, which, as we all know, you know, Photoshop is layers, and that's the point. So hopefully, uh, they they had a, a second build of the of a client that uh, they told us to try out that didn't uh, really do much good for us. So I would say that you know pick up Zumba drive once they've fixed this issue and have gotten past this uh, this little bug stage they're in with uh, writing PSDs. Apparently, and you'll hear it in the interview that uh, there's a writing process that the PSD uses differently than maybe other files use, so that's that's something they had to overcome.
0: But otherwise, it was a it was a pretty good product. Um, pretty happy with it. Uh, this week we have no sponsors, and last week we tried the little experiment with uh, Basecamp, and uh, that was uh, an epic fail. We we got no click-throughs or signups on on the link, so uh, I guess we won't be continuing on with that. And I don't. I guess that's about it. If if you know anyone that was. Previously, listening to the podcast and had maybe stopped, you know, hit him up on Twitter, hit him up on I am, let them know we're doing regular podcasts again. We're yep. releasing them every two weeks now. Um, you know, we've got a an editor on board uh, to help us make sure that we keep everything sure. on schedule. So we're we're producing content, and you know, he's putting it together.
1: Right. And even if you have somebody uh, you want to recommend for an interview, uh, definitely shoot us an email web two o show at gmail.com.
0: Or hit us up on Twitter. Twitter. Twitter.
1: So, I guess what? It's on to the interview?
0: Yes, on to the interview. Later. We have David Chow with us today from Zector. Um, thanks for being on the show, David. Yes, thank thanks. you, David. Uh, you guys have a product that uh, is in beta called Zumo Drive. Tell us a little bit about what that product is.
2: Sure. Uh, so Zumo Drive is uh, basically a better way of storing your files on the internet. Uh, so Zumo Drive shows up as the drive on your computer. Uh, we work for Windows and Macs right now, and we're currently building Linux support as well. Uh, but basically if you put files into this drive, it's going to be available on all of your devices, uh, including, uh, your computers, and we're also building, uh, s- solutions for smartphones like the iPhone, Android, uh, where basically you can get to all your stuff from those devices. Fantastic.
1: So, uh, Zector Inc. So, this is the first, Zumo Drive is the first product of Zector Inc. What uh, what led you down this road? What got you to where you're at right now?
2: Uh, actually, Zector um, had a, a previous product before uh, called Version 8. It's uh, more of a collaboration solution that's uh, web based, but we've uh, since decided to switch focus and focus on Zumo Drive. Hmm. But uh, the, the reason why we started with Zoom drive is because a few years later, uh, if you remember when cloud-based storage solutions are first coming out, um, there's uh, a bunch of them that came out. At the time, I loved the idea of keeping my content in the cloud, but uh, none of the solutions in the uh, back then was really easy to use. Most of them required you to go to a website. Uh, if you want to upload a file, you've got to go to your browser, uh, click and upload, uh, pick a file, and then send it up. And same thing for download. So the inspiration behind Zuma is really creating something that's simple to use, um, that works on all of your devices, and doesn't require the user to switch their current behavior. So uh, it needs to work with your, all your applications. Like if you open Word, you should be able to save directly to the cloud, right. and you should be able to open a file directly from the cloud.
0: Right. So uh, did you, how did you guys get Zector started
2: Uh, We got some seed funding from uh, Y Combinator. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with it. Yeah, we are. Tell us about that experience. Uh, So that was back in uh, the summer of 07. Um, Me and my co-founder applied to Y Combinator with our first idea, version 8, the wiki product, and we were accepted. And we spent about three months in Boston working on version 8. Um, so the, the whole experience is great. We're able to meet a lot of people that are like-minded, and we've learned a lot from the whole experience from uh, both pa and Jessica, and the other partners at Y Combinator. But shortly afterwards, we're uh, thinking and realizing a lot about our business and um, the way it is that we can get traction uh, in the industry with so many other solutions out there. And it seems drive is the way to go. So shortly after Y Combinator, we Kind of switch focus and started working on Zumo Drive.
0: So now, Zumo Drive, is is that, what, what did you guys, what language did you use to write that?
2: Uh, so it's funny, uh, we actually use a whole bunch of different technologies in Zumo Drive. Um, the client <laughs> uses uh, Java for portability, and it uses uh, Objective C <laughs> for the Mac port, and also C for Windows port. So it touches, uh, all the desktop development technologies. Uh, for the server backend, we use Ruby and Ruby on Rails for most of the web stack. Uh, but we also use a lot of native extensions here and there to make things faster. And then on our website, we use, uh, a flex for the file browser because it's the most, uh, efficient way to get on all browsers, uh, with the complexities that we have to build.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting plan. Yeah. Now, I, yeah.
2: Just, so we, we ended up learning a lot of different technologies and languages, uh, which is kind of fun, but also kind of annoying for a maintenance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm, I'm just going to say up front, I had no idea you guys were using Rails when uh, when we first asked to interview you, and uh, it always seems like we have this this bias slant towards Rails since that's what we write everything in. But. Fine. We, we had no. Yeah, basis.
2: so do we actually. If we, if I could have written the desktop client in Rails, I would have. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. um, it would have looked like nice there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, what? I guess while we're on the subject
2: of, subject of Rails,
1: where, uh, what was the biggest thing, what was like the biggest uh, pro for Rails in terms of your web stack?
2: Uh, I've had some Rails experience before, prior to Zector. Uh, so, for me, it seemed like the de facto choice uh, mm-hmm. at the time. But in general, I think it's a, a very good framework. It has a lot of uh, plugins and whatnot. It also is very easily extensible. Uh, you can build whatever you want and plug it into the framework. Uh,
1: well, I guess um, with Zuma Drive, uh, were you? I guess you had have been aware that uh, there was something out there called Dropbox. Uh, were you aware when you first launched Zuma Drive in terms of the beta? What kind of reaction did you get from the crowd?
2: Uh, we were aware of Dropbox. Actually, I knew the guys at Dropbox um, even before we started ZumoDrive. Um, but I wasn't expecting people to compare us to Dropbox uh, as closely, because it is really focusing on different things. I don't see how. I don't see that.
0: Yeah, I, I don't either. I mean, I, I definitely think that uh, the similarities are, are very striking. I mean, we were previous Dropbox users, and uh, when you give us a beta invite to Drive. You know, we moved over and we use Zumo Drive now instead of Dropbox.
1: Yeah, we like, we totally like moved over within like right. two days. It was a few things we had to decide on. You met those criteria and, you know, we moved quick.
2: Right. I guess even though our focus is different, you could use it for the same kind of things. Um, so with Zumo Drive, we're focused really strongly on sharing, and we're focused really uh, strongly on access on your mobile devices. So uh, the, the key here, like a lot of the features you find in Zumo drive, is that it makes it really easy to, for you to use your media on uh, your iPhone, on your netbook, and it'll, it even has integrations with iTunes, so you can do a one click and import all your sounds into iTunes
0: So uh, tell us about um, some of the other infrastructure that's that's behind ZoomO drive besides you know the languages what what, what kind of uh, cloud storage are you guys using and, and what kind of um, kind of availability and backup solutions do you guys use to ensure that that the data is always available?
2: Right. Okay. So uh, for Zector, we have five employees right now. So with this size of a, of a company, it's really hard to build your own infrastructure. Actually, it's going to be very expensive for us to build our own data centers to so host files and stuff. Um so instead, we're using Amazon EC2 and S3 as our cloud infrastructure. Uh, it actually makes a lot of sense for us at this stage because um, we don't have to pay for the existing cost to set up the whole system. It's a pay-as-you-go kind of scheme. So whatever storage or uh, machine hours that we're using on there, uh, we're basically paying by the hour and paying by the gigabyte. So with S3, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with it, but... Um, they, it's Amazon's uh, cloud storage backend solution. It's aimed at uh, developers, companies, and people that are um, fairly technical that knows how to use our APIs or uh, the tools that make a, they make available. Um, so S3 stores files in three different data centers across the U.S. So your files, every every file that you store in S3 is essentially stored three times. Um, so even if uh, they're all in different earthquake zones, and so even if there's a natural disaster, uh, your files are still going to be safe and accessible. So that's, that's kind of the idea behind the S3. Uh, for us, we're able to leverage that and offer that benefit directly to our customers. So all the files that you guys store in Zoom Drive are basically stored the same way. Uh, so before we send it to S3, we uh, do some processing on them and we encrypt them um, but once they're in S3, they're stored uh, safely and reliably, and you can always get get it back.
0: Interesting. So do you you guys decrypt them like before you send it back to the machine then, like if I were to ever request a file?
2: Yeah, so we decrypt it on the server, on our servers, also in uh, Amazon's data centers, and then we send it to the clients via SSL.
0: Interesting. So... Uh, are, are there any other security practices that you have in place? Besides that, that was going to be my next question, is like how secure is my document? But, you know, clearly you're, you're pretty much there.
2: Right. It should be very secure. Because we're working on a collaboration solution with document-focused, um, data security is uh, one of the, the highest priority things for us. So we want to ensure that your data is completely safe and secure and no one should be able to access it without your permission. So at the S three side, even if uh, Amazon somehow compromised, and uh, dating S three is distributed, uh, no one's going to be able to read our data because we've uh, encrypted it with the rolling key. So even if you have ten files in one folder, uh, they may all be using different keys. Um, so each file is encrypted with a different key.
0: Crazy, yeah. That that's pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, I don't. We we wrote something similar. Um, Back at my old company, we had a client that wanted uh, encrypted cloud storage for documents. And uh, they didn't really take it quite as far as they, they had hoped to. But we, we wrote a custom Mongrel handler that would handle all the encryption and decryption and send it to the client and whatnot.
2: Oh, cool. So you are doing it in the Mongrel level. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, at the time that was the only way we could really think of it. But basically we wanted them to be able to click on a webpage, a document and be able to download it. Um, so we, uh, we just inserted right. a mongrel handler to, to do that in line for us. Well, that's and, an interesting way to do it. Yeah. yeah, it, it worked pretty decent. Um, I don't, I'm sure you guys deal with a lot of speed issues. Um, Big, yeah, uh, we have all this yeah. encryption and
1: decryption. Yeah, that, was, uh, that was probably like my next direction in the conversation was, was you know, I guess the zippiness of it. One thing I noticed is that uh, at least recently I was saving a Photoshop document, so it was about 20 megs. And it's, I'm not sure if it's the technology of Mac OS X uh, saving to the to like a disk uh, image versus like just a normal directory but it was taking a lot longer. Like it, would, it would actually take like 20 seconds versus like just a quick save. Yeah, so like you to like on like Dropbox that we there. have with,
2: uh, with Photoshop files. Um, so we just discovered this last week, and we've patched it, so it's going to show up in the next build. You should be able to get it soon. But basically, okay. Photoshop writes in a really weird pattern. This is a, one, of the, one of the issues we have to deal with being a file system provider, is that uh, different applications use the file system in different ways, And we have to uh, make sure that no matter how they use it, uh, they get the same performance and speed from the file system. Uh, So what happens in Photoshop is that they would write uh, the file like 20 times uh, for the same file. Uh, If you look at the write patterns for Photoshop, that's how they write. And we had some caching uh, logic or actually uh, some uh, performance logic on the file system layer where uh, if you keep writing files in sequence, then it will ready to a memory buffer first before flushing to disk. But because of the way Photoshop was writing the file, it was doing uh, commits to disk very often, thus uh, so slowing the whole system down.
1: Yeah, it was it was doing some sort of weird save, then it would sit there and time out for like 10 seconds, then I would get this progress bar of, you know, Photoshop saving the file. Yep. And then sometimes if I tried to save again too quickly, because I'm crazy with the, you know, command S uh, to save, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, if you try to save too quickly, it yells at you and says, I can't uh, save this file anymore because it's being talked to or something like that. Like this error comes up, and then you got to close the file down and reopen it. That's if it would open, and I finally got it to open again, luckily. But I've had some issues with Photoshop documents, yeah. Yeah,
2: that, that's – our designer also complained about the same thing. So <laughs> it's okay. our map. We're going to fix it pretty soon. That's
1: what happened with Boxy too. Like I, the one problem I told them about, they already knew about, and they were like, I had already fixed it. <laughs> We interviewed Box like uh, like a week ago. Oh, yeah, cool. Uh, but but all the that sort of stemmed from zippiness, I guess. How do you manage? How do you control the, the you know how fast this interaction happens between like file saves and synchronization back to the cloud and then cloud back to clients?
2: Uh, we have some logic to uh, handle that. So basically, when you save a file, when you modify a file on your local system, it should be Upload to the cloud within seconds, or it will start uploading if it's a big file. Um, the other way around, if you try to download a file, it should be able to start streaming the file within, uh, basic hundreds of milliseconds, a couple hundred milliseconds, it should start playing.
1: What do you say? Streaming. What is that? What's the difference between streaming and downloading?
2: Uh, so the difference between the main difference between streaming and downloading is that you don't have to get the whole file uh, on disk before you can start using it.
1: Okay. So imagine
2: you have a six hundred megabyte video file in Sumo Drive. Uh, if we downloaded the file before allowing to you to view it, then you would have to wait until the file is downloaded. But uh, streaming, uh, as soon as the first byte uh, arrives on the client, it'll start uh, playing the video. So is that uh,
1: is that that operation is that in every file Can every every like even a Photoshop file could that be streamed?
0: It's up to the application, Adam. It's yeah. um, something like, it's dependent on the container. Like, let's say you have an AVI and uh, you, you have, there's, there's different container types for AVIs. And um, some of them rely on you having the whole file and you have to look at the end of the file in order to play the movie. And Some of them you only have to have the first few bits of the file. So, cool. I mean, that, that's more like talking about on a file system level.
1: Yeah, most of the stuff I was – the reason why I asked that, the, most of the stuff I've had start streaming is I actually have it to tell me when I'm streaming a file, which I think is a kind of a nice feature because you can turn it off or turn it on. Right. Um, but most of the things I was streaming was mostly images and stuff like that. It never would say streaming for, like, say, a text file or something.
2: Right. Uh, so we only show that for bigger files because for smaller files, it will basically uh, download before you even start yeah. noticing the benefits. <laughs> right. Uh, so we don't bother showing it. But for large files, it's actually a really useful feature. Like, say if you open a video and you start playing in the middle, um, instead of wasting bandwidth and downloading the first 300 megabytes, you'll start only to fetch uh, content as necessary.
0: Yeah. Now, I noticed uh, you guys are doing something kind of interesting. I-, I've, I don't think I've ever actually seen someone do this, but... Before you're even out of beta, you guys actually have paid upgrades, and uh, you're charging people for the amount of disk space that they're using. Um, I, I think that's kind of awesome. But tell us how how you came to decide to put that feature in, like prior to launching, instead of after.
2: Um, so this is kind of one of the one of the core ideas about Zomo drivers to give you as much space as you need uh, on all your devices. So we're, thinking, we're kind of debating about this. Where is to launch without the paying feature and uh, you know, work out the quirks with the beta first and then start charging or uh, try to do everything up front like we did? So the reason why we have gone the latter route is because given that we're providing a solution that promises to give as much content or storage to users as we can and then only giving them a couple of gigabytes to try during the beta, uh, it doesn't really fulfill the promise. It doesn't really work out. So the, the really, what makes Zumodrive really useful is if you have like 50 gigabytes of content in the cloud and you have very, uh, a very small hard drive or you don't want to keep copying all your content down to the hard drive. Um, so with that, you really need a large amount of space or a large amount of space in the cloud. So that was the primary uh, reason why we, we had gone through and said, let's just uh, bite the bullet and make it paid in the beginning.
0: Yeah, that, that's interesting because I mean, you know, you, you see places like GitHub when they launched, they, they didn't even have, you know, paid upgrades in place until I think like a week after right. they launched or something. And I don't know, it, it's definitely very interesting. It's definitely one of those, you know, tricky things everyone's always talking about like, you know, how do I yeah. charge credit cards? And plus, you have to figure out pricing plans. So I, it's almost a good thing because while you're in beta, you know, you'll give feedback from users about your prices, and you know, you can make those. Right, that's actually another
2: benefit I forgot to mention is that uh, we've gotten a lot of feedback about pricing and how this should be priced because, uh, like this, being able to test it in a smaller with a smaller audience is a lot better than uh, releasing it to the crowd and having everybody uh, complain about the same things.
1: Didn't wasn't there some sort of? Uh little stint happened around the pricing plan that you have it published or not published and there was something on your blog about
2: an issue with it. Right. That's actually our fault. Like in the beginning, we didn't think that the the beta is going to be a huge deal that people are going to care about prices that much in the beginning. Uh, because it's a limited beta we only gave out about a few thousand invite codes in the beginning. Um, it wasn't meant to be compared to the other services. So that's, that's some primary decision why we didn't put the pricing on the homepage. And a lot of people seemed upset about that because uh, they have to, I mean, if you think about it, it actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, you go through the sign-up process, you get an account first, and then it shows you the different pricing available. We didn't think it was a huge deal because we had a free plan, but um, I guess people wanted more storage and they want to know how much it costs before signing up. Right.
0: Yeah, people are real weird about signing up, like, I know, we run a, another web app called Tasty Planner and we we'll get requests all the time. People are just like, delete my account. I'm not ever going to use this. And it's like, <laughs> if you're never right, going to use it, not it's not that big of a deal.
1: <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> <There's>, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're thinking for you guys so you don't have to waste the resources on them.
0: I guess. I don't think wow. a database row really matters too much.
2: <laughs> that's true.
1: So I, I guess the the biggest thing here is that you know Zumba Drive really makes it a lot easier for people to get into the cloud. Like there's been different solutions throughout over the past few years to get more into the cloud, but this really offers a pretty painless solution to get pretty much all of your content in the cloud. I'd have to say like right now, all of handcrafted, you know, a lot of handcrafted stuff is in the cloud right now.
0: Yeah,
1: it's kind of wild. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it and is. I mean all,
0: we've we've tried things like Jungle Disk, we tried Dropbox, and you know we, oh, yeah. each one just came with its own little frustration. And aside from you know sync speeds, I, I think we've pretty much yeah. decided Zoom Drive is it for us.
2: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, if I you guys have yeah. any suggestions for improvements or anything, uh, just feel free to shoot me an email. Yeah, okay.
1: definitely. Yeah, for sure. I think that I'd have to echo what Josh says that the. Uh, Control over syncing and sync speed is is probably something I'd like to see you guys delve into a little bit more, and then obviously you know the Photoshop file fix. But <laughs> right. I, I mean, otherwise it's been you know really awesome for us. I mean, to to easily be able to add on new resources to our company, and right right now Handcrafted is a fully distributed company. We don't have. Uh, really any localized resources except for like myself and Ryan is a, is a designer we work with here in Houston. He just happens to live here and we've been friends and stuff. So he's like, yeah, you know, he's the only, I guess, local that would, right. that would come to you you know, any sort of, right? yeah, we're all distributed. So, you know, it's really nice for us that to, to adopt Zumo drive, easily move into the cloud, not have replication and bring able to be able to bring on, you know, new people into projects as we see fit and share, as much content or as little content with them, you know, with full restrictions. So that's really nice. Yeah. It's
0: definitely one of those must-haves for our business. Like Absolutely. We, we always consider oh, like – Awesome. Like, I'm
2: fresh. glad to hear that.
0: Yeah. We always consider like FreshBooks and GitHub and Campfire and uh, I guess Basecamp and Lighthouse maybe, but but for sure, like <laughs> Drive. With, without those tools, like our business would suck.
1: Yeah, big time. You totally allow us to be as agile as we can be. In this space, really, I mean, you know, you mentioned too in your blog about a lot of changes, like with with the new presidency coming in, like with uh, Obama, and a lot of these things happening in terms of stimulus and stuff like that. But you know, for a company like us that that has to survive in uh, you know in this economic downturn, we really have to have things that allow us to be agile and keep our costs low. And and Zumo Drive allows us to do that.
2: Oh, thanks! I'm really glad to hear that. That's really good feedback for us. That's like three days into using you too
1: two days oh really
2: that's it <laughs>
1: well actually i think you know uh, you really should give a okay a, a week but really i think you should give dropbox a lot of credit too because they allowed us to give you that much trust yeah
2: right that's true that's definitely true with more cloud services coming out people are going to trust it more and more i'll be more willing to adopt it early on yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah.
0: and we're, we're chomping at the bit for that iphone app when are we going to see that
2: that's going to be soon. Uh, that's actually the number one most requested feature on our forums and everything. People just really want the iPhone app. Uh, the iPhone app is uh, ready from us, and it's already been approved by App Store. But when we open the the iPhone app, uh, there's it's going to be a lot harder to control the number of people that goes into this private beta. Um, so that, that's basically the one hesitation that we have before releasing it. When
1: is uh, when's it scheduled?
2: Uh, you should be able to see it in uh, weeks. Weeks? Okay. Weeks. Less than yeah. a month.
1: <laughs> right. Less than a month. Well, one question while we're on the on the notice of like beta invites and stuff like that. I'd like to can edit this out if you want, but I want to see if you guys can hook us up with a bunch to give out to our listeners. Like either one one unique one that's like Web2O show or a bunch of invite codes. Well,
2: we've got the that's handcrafted account. Yeah, I'll give you guys an invite code and I'll send it over uh, yeah. in a little bit.
0: Okay. Okay. Awesome. And we we have like thirty invites, Adam, between like our three accounts. Right. So we can we can invite some people
2: that way as well. Sorry, it might be easier if I give you one uh, that you can post on your site or something. Oh, okay. uh, I'm thinking, I yeah, because
1: otherwise you have to go through that whole invite process, right? I right. mean, yeah. you want to get just one one. Uh, if you can give us just one code and it works for like fifty or hundred people, that'd be cool.
2: Yep. I or definitely whatever was. you want. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
0: So, um, how how are you guys? I mean, obviously you went through Y Combinator, and you don't get a lot of money through through Y Combinator. You know, you get enough to just kind of build your product while you're there. How how are you guys? Are you bootstrapping, or what? How are you making money? I guess
2: <laughs> uh, we raise money from an investor, uh, a couple of investors actually. Uh, the the major one is called Tandem Entrepreneurs.
0: Awesome. So I. You guys, I mean, are the, are the investors getting pretty excited?
2: Yeah, they're definitely getting excited. They're actually working alongside us on a lot of the things, uh, helping us to uh, define the next big things that we should be focusing on.
0: Yeah. So uh, when when are you guys coming out of beta?
2: Uh, coming out of beta, I don't know. Probably quicker than Gmail. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Well, okay. I'm not
2: so. sure when we're actually going <laughs> to drop the beta flag. I mean, because we're, what we're building is something that's uh, really critical to get right. Uh, as a file system, you want to make sure that you get every single possible detail right before you say, uh, "Now we're out of beta." Right. Uh, I don't think we're there yet, but I think we're getting closer.
1: Hmm. Well, you mentioned uh, you mentioned some stuff that's coming up on the horizon. Can you mention any any super secret stuff?
2: Or are we uh, not super secret? I mean. Given our given our goals of looking at mobile platforms, uh, definitely more mobile platform support is coming out. Uh, but in terms of the core, um, we're going to keep doing what we are right now, uh, and we're going to listen to our users. So uh, if you have anything in mind, feel free to just shoot us an email. Um, anything, anything
1: cool coming up on your horizon? Like any any shows you're going to be at? Any conferences somewhere? Somebody's talking for you guys somewhere?
2: Uh, not anything I can disclose right now. But um, one thing that I do want to point out is that, um, like, our vision, you mentioned the similarity with other services, but I think our vision is actually a, uh, a little bit different uh, in terms of what we're looking at. So we're thinking about making basic storage on our computers better. Um, if you look at the storage that we use today, it's basically the same thing as 20 years ago, right? It's a drive where you put your files into on the hard disk. And it's not reliable. Um, so if anything happens to the device it's on, your data's all gone. And it's always tied to that one device. So if you want it on a different computer or if you want to share the file with somebody else, uh, you have to go through a bunch of hassle to do it. Uh, granted, a lot of tools, um, currently make it a lot easier. But you're still making copies of the files and duplicating on different machines. Um, and also, if you run out of space, uh, what do you do, right? You go out, buy a new hard drive, and then manually copy all your files over. So right. our vision is really to take all those pain points away from you being able to store your files.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's something we've been, I, I guess, that I've been Dealing with for a while, like that's been my my biggest passion towards something like Dropbox or even something like Zumo Drive is that I I've had you know lots of local storage, but in the end, I want to keep that stuff relatively safe. And like you said, the model of local storage for the past twenty years hasn't really changed much. And I want I want my data to be safe. And Zumo Drive, right, exactly. you know, that's what you're doing is you know tackling that that uh, that problem and making it better.
2: Yeah. Right. Of course, there are different ways of solving it, like backing up or syncing between machines. Um, but then but you, so I think you, we you have, have a different way of solving that problem.
0: Yeah. Right. It's, it's definitely an interesting way because, like, my wife, her her laptop, you know, she's got a MacBook, and um, her hard drive got full the other day. Actually, probably about a year and a half ago, she, she does her art for a living, and she scans in and takes photos of all her art. And, you know, when she goes to make a print, it comes off her hard drive, off her machine, and her hard drive died, and she lost about half her art. So that oh. really, yeah, that really sucked for her. Um, and and since then, I've tried to encourage her to back up, but she still doesn't back up regularly enough. So yeah. I, I think you know it would be very easy for me to go and install Zumo Drive, and you know she would just put her pictures there, and you know I could even say when her hard drive gets full, just you know notch down and, and only use five gigabytes and she still has access to all those pictures even though they're not necessarily on her hard drive. They're still they're there exactly. when she needs to print them out.
1: Yeah. yeah, That really sucks when people lose data. I mean, that's that really, that really sucks.
2: Because backup is something where uh, everybody tells you that you should do it, but uh, it's just a hassle that people don't do it. Yeah. Like they all know it's important, but somehow they just get around not doing it. <laughs> Well, you know, you get you got social
1: networks, you got IAMs, you got Twitter, you got this, you got that. You don't have time for backups these days. You need an automated solution. And I think, you right. know, that's where Apple came up with Time Machine, but I haven't heard the best things about Time Machine. I I don't really know, I haven't used it myself, but um, you know, it certainly makes backing up a lot easier, but nonetheless you're still replicating a file. You still have something that's gonna break down in there.
2: Yeah. Rather that. than just
1: operating, like you said, just operating in the cloud pretty much with Zumo drive.
2: Because right, even if you have a time machine If something happens to your house If you lose a time machine drive
1: yeah.
2: uh, Things still happen Right
0: Yep, they sure do Yeah, I had, a, I had a backup drive That actually just died on me I was, I was using it for time oh, machine geez. And it just died <laughs> Luckily my right. machine was fine But the backup drive died
2: <laughs> Right, that still kind of sucks yeah. Now you've got to redo your backups
1: yep. Well, yeah. we love Zumo Drive and uh, appreciate everything awesome. you've done so far. Wish you guys the best luck through your uh, through your beta, and uh, on it's actually releasing full, taking that beta patch off.
2: <laughs> yep, yeah, we'll try to do that as soon as we can.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right, David. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate you taking All the right. time.
2: Thanks, guys. It's a pleasure talking to you guys.
1: Same here. Take care. Take care. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Web 2.0 show with Josh Owens and myself, Adam Stakoviak. Be sure and visit web2oshow.com for links in the show notes or to leave a comment on the show. Thanks for listening.